going guys you are listening to the weirdest thing this is episode two um, yes yeah i'm scotty milder filmmaker horror author in albuquerque uh i'm amelia Amporo, fellow weirdo and theater artist also in albuquerque and new mexico we- which is a part of the united states for anybody <laughs> yes that, we, we should actually just do an entire podcast about people who <laughs> I think New Mexico is not part of the United States. Uh, yeah, I could, I could I could tell the story of the woman in Boston that was trying to when I was trying to move back, like refused to ship international, quote unquote. Right. I could also tell the story of my uh, ex boyfriend who was applying to a college which will remain nameless in Colorado, <laughs> and when gave his address, was told to call the international student department. <sighs> Yes. <laughs> and he, he literally was like, I need you to take out a map of the United States and I need you to look directly below Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's not Mexico? That's not. You know what? Border? No, you know what it is. It is Mexico. It's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> we are not part of the United States. Yeah. And stake our own independence. Beep, beep. Call for secession yeah. right here on the weirdest <laughs> thing. You heard it first on the weirdest thing podcast. Uh, a little refresher for anybody who is joining us, hopefully again, uh, or maybe for the first time. Welcome, welcome. Uh, the weirdest thing podcast was an idea born out of Scotty and I's lengthy conversations about the weird stuff that we knew, which sometimes is creepy and macabre, and sometimes is just, I mean, it's fascinating weird. to us. Yeah. Um, and we hope it's fascinating to you too. Yeah, so you're going to get like episodes on like the paranormal. We're going to have some murdery episodes. In fact, I've yeah. got a murdery story tonight. And then maybe some stuff that's a little less murdery. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is this is not a true crime podcast. This is not a true crime podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, I I think you're starting. Yes, I am starting and I'm going to share with you the story of Empress Sissy, the Mayerling incident, and the mm. launch of World War One. Okay, so our story starts with Elizabeth Amelie Eugenie, Eugenie uh, who was born on December 24th, 1837. Uh, she became commonly known as Sissy. For anybody out there who is, you know, keeping along. That is spelled S-I-S-I, although I have also seen it spelled S-I-S-S-I. I've also seen other accounts where they're like, it is not S-I-S-S-I, it is S-I-S-I. So there's a lot of yeah. heavy feelings about this. Um, <laughs> so there we go. Elizabeth went on to become Empress of Austria and the Queen of Hungary. Uh, she was the daughter of Duke Maximilian Joseph in Bavaria. Okay, this is weird. Duke Maximilian Joseph in Bavaria and Princess Ludovica of Bavaria. I uh. don't know why one is in and one is of. Apparently, her father, Maximilian, was considered peculiar because he had, as an adult, a rather childish love of circuses. <laughs> was, were they among the Habsburgs? Because the Habsburgs were they all were. a bunch of weirdos. They were indeed, I think, I think yeah. it, please, please don't write me and, and yell at me. Um, yeah, well, we don't have an email address set up yet. Yes. Yeah, so so, oh yeah. So suck it. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Okay, so in 1853, Elizabeth's aunt, Princess Sophie of Bavaria, who also, okay, yep, okay, let me start this again. 1853, Elizabeth's aunt, Princess Sophie of Bavaria, decides that her 23-year-old son and emperor, Franz Joseph, needs a wife. And she basically figures, like, better a daughter-in-law who's a niece than a stranger, (laughs) Um, which is super creepy. So Sophie decides that Franz Joseph will marry Sissy's older sister, Helene. Helene and Franz were to be introduced, but Helene ended up, so Helene was traveling to, they were like going off to a a resort um, Mm -hmm. and that's where they were going to meet and they were going to see if the whole thing worked out. But apparently on the way there, Helene and Sissy's mother who suffered from migraines got a migraine. So like their departure was delayed. And when they arrived because of the, the sort of missed the, or rather the delay, they're like, what's it called? The, like the gowns that they were supposed to, you know, meet the fucking emperor in, like also didn't make it. So they were still in their mourning blacks because uh, they were mourning the passing of an aunt who had died recently. Ah, okay. Franz Joseph looks at Helene, who is dark complected, dark hair. I don't know about dark complected, but dark coloring mm-hmm. in her mourning wear and is like, Mm, but then sees her 15-year-old sister, Sissy, who's blonde in her morning wear and is like, mm, I'm much more into that look. So is like, sorry, Helene, this isn't going to happen. So we're back Sissy. to creepers in the 1800s hitting on 15-year-olds. 100%, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> additionally, Helene was like pious and quiet and like Franz Joseph just like wasn't into it at all. Um, So he decided he wanted to marry Sissy, Princess Sophie, his mother, Sissy's aunt, was like, nah, that's not, that's not how this is going to go. And apparently Franz Joseph was like, either you let me marry Sissy or I marry nobody. So Princess Sophie was like, fine, whatever, okay, marry (laughs) her then. So Franz Joseph and Sissy marry eight months after meeting. They get married on April 24th, 1854. And Sissy waited three days to consummate the marriage. She was 16 the day of her wedding. Franz Joseph was 23, 24. So Sissy gets immediately thrown into Habsburg court life, which she didn't like. Like this was a girl who had, she was from like a noble line, but she had grown up basically in the country. She rode horses. She was very physical and she really sort of found the like the trappings of court life very claustrophobic. Um, yeah. So within weeks of her getting there, her health starts to decline already. So uh, she's got problems breathing. She's prone to coughing fits. She has fits of anxiety over going downstairs. Yeah. Which so is like, she's, she's, yeah, she's not doing, she's yeah. definitely not thriving. Maybe uh, don't force the 16 year old to marry you. Yeah, to marry her actual cousin. Her actual Um, first cousin, yeah. (laughs) Just a thought, I don't know. Just a thought, just sidebar, maybe not the way to go. Hot take. Um, (laughs) Look, guys, hot take, familial (laughs) relations, not great. Yeah, Um, (laughs) So I, I nearly pulled out my headphones. Okay, so through all of this, she has just an awful shitty relationship with her (laughs) mother-in-law, her auntie mother-in-law. But after being married for just 10 months, Cece finds herself, not sorry, I'm sorry, not Cece, Sissy. Sissy, Sissy. finds herself pregnant, Sissy. 
finds herself pregnant with her first child, that she gives birth to the Archduchess Sophie of Austria. Okay, this is some messed up shit because, and everybody's like named after everybody, so I'm going to try to be as clear about this as I possibly can. So Mm -hmm. Princess Sophie frequently called Sissy a silly young mother and didn't let her raise this child, like wouldn't let her care for her, wouldn't let her breastfeed, named her after herself without even talking to Sissy, was just like, this is my baby piece. Gross. Um, Yeah, super gross. The same thing also happened with their second daughter, Archduchess Gisela Gisela of Austria a year later. So like Sissy's already like, already not having it at court. She's got Mm -hmm. this monster-in-law. She's got this auntie monster-in-law not going well. The fact that Sissy was not able to produce a male heir also meant that she was not favored among court like they were like well you're fucking worthless yeah sissy actually this is awful sissy actually came home to find a pamphlet with the following on her desk quote the natural destiny of a queen is to give an heir to the throne if the queen is so fortunate as to provide the state with a crown prince this should be the end of her ambition she should by no means meddle with the government of an empire the care of which is not a task for women if the queen bears no son she is merely a foreigner in the state and a very dangerous foreigner too for as she can never hope to be looked on kindly here and must always expect to be sent back whence she came so she will always seek to win the king by other than natural means she will struggle for position and power by intrigue and the sowing of discord to the mischief of the king the nation and the empire these fucking people right obviously (laughs) princess sophie was like take a note leave this as a pamphlet on sissy's desk and then you know she won't know who it's from I think that's the funniest thing to me that she was like, I've got it. We're going to yeah. leave a strongly worded pamphlet. Um, <laughs> this will make on... her bear us a male heir. <laughs> right. And she's just going like, to like, <laughs> just really bear into, down <laughs> into existence. <laughs> so all of this stuff about all of this, like stuff about political discord and all that stuff was due to Sissy's encouragement that her husband, Emperor Franz Joseph, mm-hmm. treat his Italian and Hungarian subjects like humans. Mm. Like, that's all it was. Like, she was yeah. like, hey, Here's maybe like, yeah, like maybe, you know, don't inhumanely treat these like prisoners and like maybe be yeah. like a decent human being. Yeah. Um, BT dubs, Sissy was actually instrumental in the formation of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Before this, it was just like Austria. Interesting. And then, like, Hungary, I guess, was just kind of fucking off. I don't know what they were doing. I'm going to so, talk about that a little bit in my story, but... hey yeah, Awesome. Okay, cool. So then maybe you can come in with the facts. Uh, I'm just here with the gossip. Okay, <laughs> so Sissy had and maintained a really... I mean, look, I don't want to shame, but it is a weird, like, regimen. She was, like, really, really devoted to both her beauty and, like, physical regimens and they are alternative. Um, <laughs> so she was, okay, she was 172 centimeters tall. Wikipedia says that's 5'8". Siri says it's 5'6". Yeah. And so, I don't know from centimeters, so. Yeah, I don't know from either. At any rate, she was considered tall. I also roll my eyes at that because I know women who are six feet tall. Yeah. So like 
don't come at me under five nine and be like, I'm tall. <laughs> no, you're regular. Um, <laughs> so there. She had four pregnancies, but throughout her life until her death maintained a weight of 110 pounds. Up uh, five eight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, let's give let's give let's let's say Wikipedia might be wrong on this and let's give her five six. hundred and ten pounds at five six is still that's pretty after I mean, four again, babies? After four babies. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to be careful. If you are 5'6 or 5'8 and 110 pounds, you are God's creation and you're yeah. beautiful. So that's all good. Okay. So Sissy would frequently go like days without eating. She was prone to bouts of like melancholy and mourning, which obviously we would probably say now, like she was probably both struggling. She was struggling with probably both anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. If her weight ever crept past 110 pounds, she would fast. Mm. Like she would just be like, cool. I'm not, she, they were, she, she would call them like, I think called them hunger cleanses. Mm. Um, she was rumored to weigh herself three times a day. She was disgusted by meat, but this one's this one's a little bothersome to me. She would drink veal juices, which is basically she would take like undercooked meat and have the chef like squeeze it <laughs> and then have like the blood kind of drain out. And then she would like drink that. Mm. It's that's a little I, that's I, a little weird to me. I don't think that works, but anyway. I don't think it does. <laughs> I think you're just a vampire. Yeah. Um, so if she wasn't doing that, she was eating a diet of milk and eggs. She okay. This is, if this is not already, you know, kind of strange for you, it just gets, it just gets more so from here. So she really focused on accentuating her slimness and people think that she kind of did that as a middle finger to Princess Sophie, her auntie monster-in-law, because Princess Sophie was like, as a woman, you should be constantly pregnant. Mm-hmm. And you're not. And not only are you not constantly pregnant, you look like that. Yeah. So she would accentuate her slimness by doing something called tight lacing, which is just a a, mm-hmm. a, a corseting thing. But she would, she, I think the thing that's different about tight lacing is that it's done kind of with the purpose of body modification. And she actually is rumored to have had a waist that measured just over 15 inches. To give you a point of reference, it's a couple of inches. It's a couple of inches. It's a few inches larger than the circumference of my neck. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I have a, I have a somewhat slender neck. Um, (laughs) Okay. Um, It took her over an hour. I mean, I shouldn't say her because there was no way she was doing this herself. It took people over an hour to get her into her corsets. Wow. Yeah. She was described as inhumanely slender. Um, Mm. And she, okay, so again, total armchair psychologist here, but sounds like she might have some, you know, disordered eating in there. Um, And she also develops like fat phobia. She becomes horrified by fat women to the point where she passes that on to one of her daughters. And at one point, her daughter was slated to meet Queen Victoria of England, who, Mm -hmm. you know, had done her thing. She'd had a bunch of babies. She was like you know, really living in that like queen body and the Duchess, Archduchess, like recoiled in terror from Queen Victoria. Just because she wasn't super skinny. Yes. Yeah. So 
that's fun. She's one of the first women to drop the hoop skirts that were fashionable at the time and preferred like a tighter, slimmer silhouette. She also didn't really wear any undergarments. <laughs> Ooh, um, naughty. <laughs> and naughty, yeah, sissy. And this is funny too, because like, she wasn't like, oh, you know, I want to feel the breeze on my regions or whatever. She was just like, I don't want the bulk. Like, yeah. I don't, like she was like, corset me up and like, that's it. Yeah. She was also sewn into her clothing. What? Yeah. How do you do that? I mean, you put it on and then they, you just like sew it. And then you just like <laughs> live in it forever? Like- I mean, she's an empress. So she's probably <laughs> just like, whatever, take out the stitches and like throw that in the garbage. Yeah. That's, that's kind of nuts. Yeah. All of this was done to like continue to emphasize her teeny tiny waist. Mm -hmm. She was also super devoted to like a physical regimen, like I said earlier, which included, she was like, she loved horseback riding. She had in all of her homes, she had gymnasiums built into like her dressing areas and they had like bars and weights and all that stuff. I actually, so the reason I know about Empress Sissy is because I was in Vienna in 2007. Is that right? I think 2007. And we went to go see her, her palace in Vienna. And my mom was like, oh my, because my mom had seen, there was a big movie Mm -hmm. that came out, I think in the 1950s called Sissy. And it was all about her. And, and my mom, you know, had watched the movie as, as a youngin in Bolivia and wasn't like enthralled with it. And so she told me all the stuff she knew about it. So we went to the palace and I got to see, like, I got to see her clothing, which the waist on her clothing really was like, I, I don't, I, like, I don't get it. I don't, like I don't. the size of your neck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, we have, we both have a very close friend who has a 25 inch waist. Mm-hmm. Sissy's was 10 inches smaller I mean, that's... than probably one of the smallest people we know. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty tiny. It's, I don't, I don't know where her organs went. So, but all of like, so in that palace in Vienna, which actually wasn't even, I don't even think like the main palace, it was like a vacation palace but i got to see you know her her little like calisthenics area so she took steam baths to drop weight she also bathed in olive oil to like preserve her skin mm. she was extremely proud of her hair which she never cut oh wow ever so by the time she was an adult it went all the way down to the floor oh, crazy. and yeah, she hired a personal hairdresser to create these like really elaborate braided hairstyles. Just the combing of her hair. So I don't even think this was the styling. Just the combing of the hair took several hours a day. For wow. anybody keeping track, that's over an hour to get into the corset and several hours to comb the hair. And you're not even like out of your room yet. And you're not even you're not even like you haven't even had coffee yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You haven't even checked Instagram yet. Um, (laughs) So there's that. She, the process of washing her hair, which was only done once every two to three weeks, took the entire day. Like, yeah. She, um, she would also like adorn it with these jeweled combs that were called, I think they were called the star of sissy, which was a 10 point star a 10 point diamond star that came out from like a huge pearl again and she would just like her hair would just be like bejeweled with these uh diamond and pearl pins i also saw those as well she uh really felt like she was wasting away (laughs) there is a quote about her where she's talking about how as her hairdresser is doing her hair she can feel her soul 
being her spirit being taken from her head and into the hands of the hairdresser. So she was like, let me not be idle. So she used the time while somebody else was doing her hair to learn uh, English, French, Greek, and Hungarian. Damn. She she learned four, she became fluent in four languages while having her hair done. Wow. Um, She slept on a metal bed to maintain her posture and she would apply facial masks of veal or crushed strawberries. I just want you to think about going into somebody's bedroom and find them sleeping like (laughs) on a metal bed and like covered with veal. Yeah. And people were like, oh God, I do not get paid enough for this. Yeah. Um, She would sleep in clothes that oh she was she was she sorry she was also like heavily massaged before bed i mean she almost have to be after wearing that corset all day yeah it's nuts and the corset actually plays a part uh later on Mm. um so she slept she also slept in violet or cider vinegar soaked clothes she says that they maintained her waist that that's quackery like i mean all of it doesn't work yeah none of this exists none of this is real this is not uh diet tips people (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay please don't please don't message me saying that you didn't you that you (laughs) fell into a state of malnutrition from following sissies yeah because of our (laughs) veal juice and milk and eggs diet plan um (laughs) um at the age of 32 she was like that's it nobody's taking any more pictures of me nobody's taking uh no i'm not sitting for any portraits because she wanted to sort of be forever frozen in the public's mind in this eternal state of youth eternal youth yeah yeah uh which is interesting because i think that like this plays into your story oh absolutely (laughs) this is this is this is awesome okay so all this time she's married to Franz Joseph, uh, and it is not going well. Uh, shocking. Yeah. Shocking story. Franz Joseph, or FJ, as I'm going to call him from here on out, uh, was madly in love with Sissy, but she was like, I'm not, like, I'm not into it. I'm not into this. I'm not into you. I'm not in a court. You're boring and unimaginative and, you know, and you're a mama's boy. Yeah. yeah. So this sucks. After the birth of their third child she basically was like peace out Mm -hmm. fj like she's she sexually rejected him um Mm -hmm. there are some people who think that that happened because uh she felt for she had three children in somewhat like rapid secession Uh um and all of this was probably at the pressure of the court and and her auntie mother whatever um and all of this stuff so yeah, so she was just like, I'm, I'm like, leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Uh, out of the office. So she would like stay up all night. She started smoking, which was super scandalous for mm. a woman to smoke. Like she really, she was like, fuck this. Yeah. Um, she began writing poetry under the name Titania. Mm, I like I don't that. Know why that. I don't know why that makes me so sad that she's <laughs> like, you know, that it's, and it's, you know, the name of Shakespeare's like fairy queen. And she's like yeah. writing this very like dreamy, lovey poetry kind of about this life that she would like never have. She was also 
deeply, deeply, deeply interested with the treatment of the mentally ill. And at some point, somebody was like, what do you want for your saint's day? Which I don't know what a saint's day is. I don't know if that's like, I mean, it can't be your birthday. I'll look it up. I'll leave it. <laughs> I'll leave it in the corrections. I mean, you're um, talking to a Jew here. So I have absolutely <laughs> so, no idea. <laughs> who knows? Um, but so at any rate, somebody was like, what do you want for your saint's day? And she was like, a fully equipped lunatic asylum would please me the most. She also asked for a young tiger. <laughs> <laughs> first, so like, first on the list, a lunatic asylum. But if you can't get that, okay, I'll, I'll settle, settle for a tiger. I'll settle for a young tiger. A young please. tiger. Okay, please don't get me an old tiger. I yeah. hate old fat things. So on August 21st, 1858, Sissy finally gave birth to a boy, a boy named Rudolph. Uh, it's probably mm. Rudolph, but I'm just going to call him Rudolph uh, for the rest of it. this thing. Rudolph's birth led to an increased presence at court and actually increased political interest in dealings. So like she, because she was back in court, she was like, mm, what's, you know, what's going on here? Uh, mm. What's, what's happening all this? She was again blocked from controlling her son's upbringing. So at this point, Sissy's like, Again, for like the 18th time, like, muck bands, muck you. And her health declines. FJ is rumored to be having an affair with an actress. And that is rumored as the reason to why Sissy is so sick all the time. Because it's the whole thing that like he gave her VD. Mm. Uh, which is just like deeply humiliating. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm wrestling pages here. So Sissy's like, I'm out of here. Like, peace. And she leaves. Uh, she leaves the court and she spends the winter alone. But when she comes back, she's even sicker. She has, she's, she's coughing. She's got fever. She's anemic. She's also, I think, suffering from edema, which they, which is like swelling of the extremities. And they, they're pretty sure that that was caused by the corsets, obviously. Um, yeah, she's totally messing back her body. She actually ends up being gone for a total of four years. So she's like, peace husband, peace court, (laughs) peace responsibilities, peace children, like, I'm out. Fuck off, mother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. So she's she's on her way back, but she gets struck with a migraine and she throws up like four times on the way home. Uh, there's a lot of people who think that her all of her her sort of maladies were all uh, like psychosomatic, like that that she was dealing with like depression and anxiety, and that they were manifesting themselves physically, which is something I um, relate to. Yeah. Well, and like. She's clearly not living the life she wants to live. Not at all. Yeah. She's like totally tied down. She doesn't have any, like, she doesn't have any friends. This is an interesting point that got brought up is that there is actually rumors that she became very close. Part of the reason why she got into political dealings was because there was a a count that she was rumored to be having an affair with. And Mm. the count was Hungarian. Okay. Um, and so everybody's like, she only wants to fucking help the Hungarian because she's effing this dude. And mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe she was. I, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I kind of hope she was. so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, get some. So at this point, four years later, when she finally comes back, FJ like really, really, really wants to try for another boy. But the doctors don't think that Sissy can handle, like that mm-hmm. her body can handle another pregnancy. So at first, Sissy's like, no way. She does like literally everything she can to avoid becoming pregnant. Like, <laughs> she, she's like, uh, bye, I'm going to go horseback riding. Bye, I'm going to go hiking. Uh, like, n- don't talk to me. Um, yeah. 
she's just not at all having. She also like re- she sees that uh, Princess Sophie and her husband are really trying to bring up Rudolph in this very sort of like military education style, and she's yeah. like, you know, she she's not feeling it not feeling it she says that rudolph like herself is like very sensitive and is not built for court life and of course everybody's like yeah 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 she actually ends up deciding that she wants a fourth child for both personal and political reasons like she for some reason that wasn't exactly clear to me she really felt like having a fourth child would be able to solidify the austro-hungarian empire it should also be stated that like the austrians did not care for her the hungarians loved her like okay they they thought that she was the bee's knees. They just they adored her. So yeah, so she's like, well, you know what? Let's let's actually like let's do this thing. Let's have another baby. She has a girl, Marie Valerie. She was born who's born in Budapest in 1860. What does that paper say? 1868, and she was dubbed the Hungarian child. Mm. So, so I'm sure it was um, like a slur to them. Yeah, I'm sure. So at this point, Sissy is actually finally able to bring up a child in the way that she wants to. Like she tells Princess Sophie to F off. And apparently she pours all of her maternal energy into the girl, like nearly stifling the child. (laughs) (laughs) But then- It's hard to blame her though at this point. 100% hard to blame her. But then she's also like, okay, bye. And she continues to travel. Like she Mm. goes- everywhere and she spends like barely any time at court or i mean i don't know i don't want to say this i don't want to judge her because you know she's obviously not well but she she also doesn't she spends barely any time with her own children Mm -hmm. okay the mayorling incident so i have to interject with this bit in so we're going to fast forward a few years and then we'll rewind back a bit but the mayorling incident is fascinating uh so in 1889 rudolph is found dead with his 17 year old mistress the baroness mary vetsera in rudolph's hunting lodge in Merling, lower austria i have been to this hunting lodge when we were in vienna we took a day trip and i was like oh cool okay here's this like you know cool old hunting lodge which is actually a mm-hmm. castle and blah blah yeah, blah and i think sure. it wasn't until we were on our way back that the guide was like yes the you know the baroness is like the empress's son killed himself and his mistress in this home and i was like why didn't you tell me that yeah that like- was there yeah, don't bury the lead, dude. Yeah, man. Like, I, cool about the stained glass windows, but I want to look <laughs> at the room where this happened. So, okay, yeah. So Rudolph, at the time of his death, was 30 years old. I'm just going to reiterate that his mistress was 17. Mm, yes. 30, 17. Seems um, to be a trend. Yeah. Rudolph was also married to Princess Stephanie of Belgium, and he was the heir to the imperial throne of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. That's going to become important in a bit. So by 1889, everybody, Rudolph's family, his wife, everybody knew about this affair that he was having with the 17-year-old. On January 29th, at a dinner thrown by his parents, so thrown by FJ and Sissy, uh, Rudolph excuses himself early and he's like, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to go to bed. Good night, everybody. Mm. The next morning, he was supposed to go hunting. So a friend of his, I shouldn't say a friend, his hunting partner, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Rudolph's valet 
are looking for him in this hunting lodge. They can't like, they're like, you know, going to get him so they can go for the day's hunt. They can't find him. The doors are locked, everything. They finally break open the door panel. And when they get into the room, it's like shuttered and half dark and they find Rudolph. A couple of different accounts, either slumped forward in a chair or lying next to the bed with blood coming out of his mouth. Yeah. They immediately are like, oh my God, he was poisoned. Oh my God, murder, suicide. Mary poisoned Rudolph and then killed herself. (sighs) This, God. Uh, There are a lot of accounts of what happened. It's all the little like, who knows? Who knows? Um, word was sent to word was sent to Sissy that her son had, was dead, and she was the one who had to tell Franz Joseph. Again, this is the only male heir. Police are called to investigate, um, and by that, it's basically like clean up the crime scene. Mary's mm-hmm. body was hauled off. They did a secret burial. Her mom wasn't even allowed to attend her burial. Oh wow! She was seventeen, and they were just like into the ground. Bye. A statement gets issued that Rudolph had died from an aneurysm of the heart, but basically everybody at everybody at court thought that he'd been poisoned by Mary. They didn't do so; they haven't done any type of examination of Rudolph's body yet. Not even like an autopsy, but like an examination yeah. of it. Uh, I think, if I am remembering correctly, they later come to find that he died of a gunshot wound. Oh. Which is just like, they said that he did it with his hunting rifle, which I'm like, how did you not see that? And how are you like, I know the back of his head is missing, but I wonder (laughs) if he was possibly poisoned by this temptress. So um, the press arrives, they find out that Mary was also at the hunting lodge and they were like, cool, 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 suicide pact, scandal, suicide pact, and like release the news. With the idea that Rudolph shot Mary sitting by her body for hours before finally ending his own life. Days before all of this happened, Rudolph and FJ were rumored to have had a violent fight because FJ was like, yo, ditch your 17-year-old mistress. Like, Mm -hmm. get your shit together. You're the heir to the throne. Stop fooling around. And Rudolph was like, I don't want (laughs) to. Um Yeah, so everybody basically sort of like decided that this happened because the lovers were like desperate to be together and that Rudolph's mind was disturbed. This whole thing about his mind being disturbed is important because FJ did everything within his power to make sure that Rudolph would be allowed to be buried in the imperial like plot. The church was like, you know what? Yeah, this all tracks. Totes, mentally, like, disturbed mind, 100%, have him buried there. Were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say, like, the whole thing about, like, how did they not realize he was shot? I mean, I think they did, but they're just like, um, no. Because they're trying to preserve their own, like, Right. They're like, is there any way that an aneurysm in the heart but the brain exploded <laughs> it the just back of your blew head. the back of his head clean off the body yeah. um clearly this is strychnine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so there's actually a lot of theories about what ended up happening here that it was actually a double so there's a theory that it was actually a double murder carried out by the french mm. which I cool mean, the french so you know. i mean the french yeah um, that Rudolph proposed a double suicide with a prominent. This sucks if it's true. That Rudolph basically proposed double suicide with a prominent courtesan, but she was like, no. 
And then he was like, who would want to kill themselves with me? How about 17-year-old Mary? I don't I re- like, like that one. I don't like it either. I, I really hope it's not true. Many people think that Rudolph had syphilis mm. and that he, had, he, was ex- he felt extreme guilt over infecting his wife and that that's why he was like, Sui- suicide pact? Suicide? Anybody, anybody down for a suicide yeah. pact? There are theories that Mary was pregnant and that Rudolph ordered uh, her to have an abortion during which Mary died. Mm. That Ma- I do kind of like this one, that Mary's relatives burst into the lodge. Rudolph <laughs> drew a gun, shot Mary accidentally, and then was killed by Mary's relatives. So I kind of like that too. I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Just the drama of it, right? And it's not, yeah. it's not as sad as some of the other ones. Mary's body. So again, like they were like, how, hmm, we wonder how Rudolph died, but they literally were just like, Okay, we put Mary in the ground and then never thought about her again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But her body was exhumed in 1959. There was no evidence of a bullet hole found anywhere on her body, like not her skull. The guy like tried to examine the bones, couldn't find anything, put her back in the ground. She was exhumed again in 1991. Some other people wanted to do another examination of her remains, but uh, at this point, the skull was disintegrating badly mm. and was actually like incomplete it was missing a chunk so That's kind of inconclusive up to, yeah up to this point super super inconclusive about what was going yeah. on to put a little final note on this chunk of the story in july of 2015 mary's letters were found in a safe deposit box where they had been hiding since 1926 oh wow the letters pretty clearly state that mary was planning on committing suicide with oh, okay. rudolph yeah, it, it's it's a letter that's like, it's I think it's addressed to her mother, and she's like, "Please forgive me. I can't go on. I want to be buried next to him. It's better to do this than to stay living." Mm. So that's very sad. Yeah. Um, after Rudolph's death, Sissy was inconsolable. She stayed in mourning clothing for the rest of her life. Oh wow! Yeah. To put a finer point on this, within the span of a few years, she lost her father, her son, both sisters, and her mom. So she was just like, well, okay, yeah, I guess I'm just going to be mourning forever. But she did. She dressed in black for the rest of her life. Um, She spent even less time in Vienna with FJ after this. But they did strike up like a lovely writing relationship. They wrote to each other very frequently. That's Um, nice. Yeah. Something. that's something <laughs> poor fj i mean yeah. part of me is like poor guy but yeah. also you were but also he was the guy who was like not much for the brunette but i will take the blonde i um, pick that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> so even though she, so not even though so she was not spending any time with fj she was traveling all over the place but she also like i think she's a weirdo but I'm also fascinated with her because she was like, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm going to be super physical. I'm going to have this life that I want. If you're not going to let me lead the life that I want to live, I'm going to leave. And and she was doing things like she was traveling places where royalty like didn't go, which was places like Morocco, Algeria, Malta, Turkey, wow. Egypt. Like she really yeah. was just yeah, like she's like double a fingers. Bit, she's a little bit of a badass. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even with all the weird, like eating eggs and veal and stuff like <laughs> She's kind of a bad. Not eating veal, drinking. Yeah, drinking veal. veal. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she's, she's doing her thing. She's going, and of course, she's like, "Oh, I'm not doing like a like." She's 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 very like 
I'm not having a guard with me. I'm not doing a whole bunch of processions, like blah, blah, blah. So she had traveled, she was traveling to Geneva and she had been warned that there were a couple of like foiled assassination attempts. So she was like, cool, I'm all, I'll go incognito, mm-hmm. which is like insane to me growing up in today's world to think that somebody who was like an empress could be like, cool, I'm just going to go incognito. And she probably just like wore a hat. Mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't like wearing prosthetics to like disguise herself. <laughs> On September 10th, she was supposed to catch a steamer boat. And I think it was something like there was, a, there was supposed to be, I don't think it was a procession. I think there was supposed to be like guards that were supposed to come with her. She she had a lady in waiting with her, but the guards were late. So she was like, fuck this, let's just walk. Like I'm going, I'm off. Like I want to catch my steam boat. Bye. So she starts walking. And uh, at this time, she is approached by a 25-year-old Italian anarchist named Luigi Lucchini. Luigi approaches them, stumbles into the empress, and as he stumbled into her, he actually stabbed her with a four-inch long needle file. Oh, I don't like him. Yeah. (laughs) We... Don't like this guy. So Sissy collapses. Rumor is that she says to her lady-in-waiting, I think that man was trying to rob me. Mm -hmm. Gets up, keeps it moving. Hmm. She walks another hundred yards to the steamship, gets on the boat, is like, I'm not feeling very well. She passes out. She's carried up to the top deck. Mind you, she's incognito right now. So mm-hmm. the captain's like, I don't know, hoist her up to the top deck. Like, whatever. Yeah, yeah we don't you know, like, empress. Right. Yeah, we can't do anything about this fancy lady. Like, just take her up to the top <laughs> deck. Give her some sun. She'll be fine. Yeah. So, yeah. So she's carried up to the top deck. At this point, her dress is actually open so that they could loosen her corset. She wakes up, asks what happened, and then passes out again. Mm. Only at this point... Does her lady-in-waiting notice that there's a brown stain on her chest? And they're like, oops. So, like I said, she had been incognito when she boarded. So, they're all like, rut-row. They run and tell the captain. They're like, hey, psych, remember that fancy lady? She's actually Empress Sissy. We need to (laughs) turn this boat around. Yeah. Port starboard or whatever the fuck. And get us back to Geneva. So, the captain's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Turns the (laughs) boat. (laughs) <laughs> he's like oh. um he turns the boat back around to geneva they arrive they disembark but at this point says he's already dead the needle file pierced her thorax fractured a rib pierced the lung and pericardium and penetrated the heart Ugh. um her wound was actually photographed but the photograph of it was destroyed oh Scotty's so the look of disappointment, like the look of like glee of like a murder picture, and then like when I said the photo's been destroyed, the sheer disappointment. I mean, cartoonish face falling. Like you gave me a birthday present and then immediately took it away. But I think it's I think it's creepier that the picture was like destroyed. That like one person saw it and was like, no one will ever see this and destroyed it. Yeah. So interesting thing about the corset. The corset could have saved her life if anybody had noticed that she'd been stabbed. Yeah. Um, the whole reason she was able to walk the extra hundred yards is because basically the the corset kind of acted as like a, this is not at all the right terminology, but like kind of acted as like a heart 
tourniquet. Like it yeah. kept pressure and the wound was so tiny that it was just sort of like bloop, 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 leaking but then blood. As soon as it comes off, it's just like bleh. Well, and the fact that it was like she got on the boat, she passed out. The captain was like, take fancy lady up to the top deck. They mm-hmm. like took her up there. Then they took off, they opened her dress. Then they loosened the corset. Then they were like, oh, there's a piece of blood. Then turn the boat back. Like there was no hope. If yeah. somebody had acted, well, and I don't even know if they're, I don't know. If I mean, if it pierced our heart. Like, yeah, I don't know if there would have been hope at that time. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know if there would have really be hope like today, much less back then. Yeah, so- Okay, so maybe it's not their fault. (laughs) This motherfucker, Luigi, basically did this as an act of political propaganda. He was basically like, I'm doing this for the cause, and stabbed her, Mm -hmm. uh, and did all this uh, because he was was an anarchist. And I, honestly, I think he had some message, but I don't care. Yeah, Uh, fuck fuck whatever your message is. Yeah, I'm not going to give him any space for that. So um, he ended up getting caught by two cabbies and a sailor, which is... (laughs) I don't know where the sailor came from. And I can't help but picture a sailor, like a Cracker Jack sailor, that he's like, hey. Um, <laughs> like, like I was picturing Popeye, but it's kind of the same thing. Uh, uh, and for some reason, even though this is like, what are we looking at? 1898, the cab drivers are like 1950s cab drivers. Yeah, with mind. like the little flat caps and the yeah. cigar or something. Yeah. <laughs> Just, not at all correct, but that's what lives in in my mind's eye. So he gets caught by two cabbies and a sailor, and he demands the death penalty. BT dubs, Geneva did not have the death penalty, <laughs> but he was like, I demand you put me to death. Geneva was like, no. Yeah, um, fuck off. Like, yeah. you get off. And in, I think, a pretty bold move, like, so Luigi was like, give me the death penalty. I did this thing for my beliefs. And this is a political, this is a, yeah. a you know, a political protest and blah, blah, blah. He wants Geneva, to be a martyr, basically. 100%. Geneva was like, no, we're not going to give you the death penalty. And two, we're going to try you as a common criminal and not as a political crime. Good. So eat a dick. Yeah. Uh, so they did. They gave him a, a life sentence he was denied the chance to make a political statement. <laughs> I do. I think it's baller that Geneva was like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. You're a terrorist. No. Yeah. Fuck like, off. yeah. Ab- You're just a common murderer and we're going to yeah. let you rot. Yeah. Uh, so he's denied the chance to make a political statement and he uh, actually finally died by suicide in his cell in 1910. And that is the end of that story uh mm-hmm. in terms of that dude so empress sissy dies okay mm-hmm. now i'm gonna now i gotta jump back to rudolph mm-hmm. rudolph was the heir to the austro-hungarian empire but his death because he had no son led to the actual destabilization of that empire after rudolph's death succession jumped to fj's brother the Archduke Karl Ludwig, and when Karl died in 1896, his son, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, became mm-hmm. the presumptive heir. On June 28, 1914, Franz and his wife were assassinated in Sarajevo by 19-year-old Gavrilo Princip. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. 
Mm-hmm. The assassination led to the July crisis, which led to Austria-Hungary declaring war against Serbia, which led to the series of events that led to each country's allies declaring war on each other, which led to the beginning of World War One, and that's the ball game. Yeah. Uh, and that is the terribly tragic story of Empress Sissi, the Merling incident, and the inciting incident of World War One. That's that's crazy. I had never heard of her before. Yeah, it's a nutty, nutty story, and just like. I don't know. So sad that like she probably up until she met FJ, she was probably just like, cool, man, I'm going to like spend my life in the country with my horses. Yeah. I've got this bomb ass. I'm a noble, but like, I'm not at court. Yeah. Um, Which is like kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. Cause like, and then there's literally nothing I've ever read about the monarchy that makes me think I want a piece of that. Like any monarchy. It just sounds terrible. Yeah. And like she gets hauled out of the life that she knows and loves. She gets taken to court. Her auntie mother-in-law is awful to her. Yeah. She doesn't get to raise her own babies. She's like not feeling it with her husband. You know, she has these babies. One gets murdered, which leads to the, I like, it's nuts. It's nuts to me. Well, just the, like the dominoes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the domino effect. And there is, while I was preparing this, there was definitely a part of me that was like, fucking Rudolph. Like, if Rudolph hadn't had to, like, you know, do his stupid shit and have a 17-year-old mistress. But then I'm like, mm-hmm. he was obviously not well. Like, Yeah, well, and he's obviously, I'm sure, also not living any sort. Like, he has no freedom in his life. You know, there's yeah. all this pressure because you're the heir to the throne. And yeah, and he's like, I don't want this. Yeah. There were also... In a weird, I can't say twist of fate because it didn't actually happen, but there were actually also rumors that Archduke Franz Ferdinand, his father, had actually abdicated the throne, which is even weirder that you're like, uh, no, but that's I'm not never, at all true. Okay, I was going to say, I've never heard that, but that's No, he was like, cool, 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 doing the thing, died, and then Franz Ferdinand was like, awesome, let's go on a trip to Sarajevo. Yeah. yeah. Whoops. I laugh whenever i hear the word sarajevo because this uh during an improv thing that was going on one time this was for my company um Mm -hmm. oh it's a thing where like you you give a bunch of things and people have to get the other players to like guess what you know you got to act it out and give all these clues and i threw in sarajevo and (laughs) the people who got it were like what the fuck is this (laughs) and i was like i I, I <laughs> yeah like how do you act that out how do you act that yeah <laughs> well the thing is is that we had another friend who's quite smart and quite politically minded who was coming in and being like you know it's in like giving all of the clues and doing <laughs> all of this stuff but everybody who was everybody else who was in the game was just like blink blink <laughs> and I was like, oh, granted, there was a bit of an age difference with the people who were playing. And so I feel like they were just like, I've literally never heard. They, they didn't know how yeah. to pronounce it. Yeah. I don't know much about Clueless. it beyond like I remember in the 90s with. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and of course, I've heard of, you know, the assassination of Franz Ferdinand. Yeah. But yeah, beyond that, I really know nothing about Sarajevo. Yeah. Um, I was like this. This was incorrect. I, yeah. <laughs> like I, this was a bad choice. Yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, guys. Uh, super sorry. How about hot dog? Um, yeah. 
Are you guys a softball? Yeah. All right. Well, I am telling the story of Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Ooh. Otherwise known as the Blood Countess or Countess <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> so. Okay. Obviously, everyone's, I think, heard of Elizabeth Bathory, but I think it's, like, interesting to kind of separate the myth from the truth. Yeah. So, so let me just go through, like, the pop culture myth of Elizabeth Bathory. I mean, everyone kind of knows the Blood Countess myth. You know, basically, she was this rich noblewoman who tortured and murdered, you know, hundreds of peasant girls and then bathed in their blood to stay oh. young. Okay. She was also... You know, thought of as like a demoness, a sorceress, uh, a cannibal, and then like a lover of Satan himself. Like, <laughs> so it's like there's just lots of okay, lots of hold up. <laughs> when you say a, a lover of Satan himself, like she was a big fan, or she actually had sex with Satan? she had uh, she had sex with Satan is the accusation. <laughs> um, okay. Like I, I I wasn't able to find where that comes from but supposedly someone watched her having sex with satan um but let's put a pin in that because a lot of the stories are kind of um i judge the person who watched her more than her for having sex with satan (laughs) just some creep who's like (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) um Uh, the story's also been cited as one of the possible inspirations of Bram Stoker's Dracula, although that is like widely disputed. You know, obviously Dracula is mostly influenced by uh, like Vlad Tepish, Vlad the Impaler. Right. Um, but what's interesting is uh, Elizabeth Bathory is kind of from the same region. Okay. So like in folklore and pop culture, so she, her crimes were kind of known, but then in the 1700s, they started uh, putting the story in print and it became just very, very embellished. It uh, appeared in print the first time in 1729. Some Lutheran priest put it down. Ugh. It was like the terrible tragedy of Elizabeth Bathory kind of thing. Okay. But this oh. is where the bathing and blood shit kind of comes Right. Out. Which is just like, yo, preacher pastors, chill. Yeah. Just like, like, com- act, com- like tend your own flock. Yeah. Well, so part of this was she was not a Lutheran. So the Lutherans who were very dominant in Hungary at the time yeah. were not a fan of her. There was also so so the legend of her bathing in blood is introduced and largely this kind of comes about because people at the time could not conceive of a female murderess. Okay. Like just doing it to do it or doing it for her own. Like she had to have some reason. And so of course they were like, well, she was a woman. So obviously it had to be vanity. So she was bathing in blood to stay young. Rude. Yeah. Yeah. This is maybe she just liked to murder. (laughs) Yeah. Let's give her a little credit. (laughs) Maybe she just liked to murder. And then, uh, so the story was often kind of used as like a cautionary tale against female vanity, which is like, again, like rude. Oh, God. And then, of course, the leg- her legend sort of got incorporated into like vampire mythology. And by the time you get into the 20th century, uh, she becomes sort of like, and this is where she becomes sort of known as the Countess Dracula. And, uh, you know, she starts appearing in movies. The character of her starts appearing in oh. movies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I she's like, an actual so vampire. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the most famous movie version of her is probably the Hammer film. Uh, Hammer being the British studio who did the, like, Christopher Lee, Dracula, and Frankenstein. Okay. They did a movie called Countess Dracula in 1971 starring Ingrid Pitt, who was... Ooh. Very well-known horror 
movie actress at the time, a very buxom Polish woman, Polish actress who's known for like her <laughs> sensuality. So she shows up in a lot of movies like The Vampire Lovers, things like right. that. Right, yeah. right, because she um, had big boobs. Exactly. Although she is actually a good act, uh, good actor. I've seen her in a fair number. Right, and that was part. that was less about her ability and more that they were like, she's got big knockers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that was sultry. She's like, yeah. I just I want to play like librarians and <laughs> like God, I, like intellectual yeah. roles. And they're like, no, nah, put on this yeah, like put on skimpy, this, like, skimpy, skimpy black negligee and be a priestess of the night. <laughs> Lots of top boob, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Bathory also appeared. I mean, she she was she's all over pop culture. So like, she appeared as the main villain in a Buffy the Vampire Slayer tie-in novel. Um, I was like, nah, uh yeah. <laughs> I was ready, nah, uh 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 ready to fact check me. Yeah, um, <laughs> in the moment. And then she was uh, like, what? No one's gonna know this but me. But one of my favorite books of all time is a book called Anno Dracula, which is basic uh, by a British writer named Kim Newman. Came out in nineteen ninety two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and basically, the story is like, what if Dracula had won at the end of Bram Stoker's novel and then became the prince of England, like married Queen Victoria, and then unleashed the vampire plague upon England? Um, yes. But she's mentioned in that as being a relative of Dracula. Okay. Um, and then, of course, also near and dear to my heart, is she has inspired countless metal bands. Um, most prominently, the Swedish thrash slash black metal band Bathory. Um, okay. Uh, obviously named after her. Um, right. And then they have a song called Woman of Dark Desires from 1992. And then uh, also the band Cradle of Filth. Um, one of my favorite bands, actually. Okay. Uh, shout out. Yeah, shout out. Cradle of <laughs> Filth in the house. Um, but they have a 1998 concept album called Cruelty and the Beast that's all about Elizabeth Bathory. Okay, so, real fast. Yeah. Just because for my own edification, what is the difference? You said thra- thrash, thrasher, thra- what was it? What the fuck thrash was it? Slash black metal. <laughs> yeah. So what does that mean? I mean? That's hard. That's hard to do real fast. But like. Okay. Uh, Briefly, thrash is a genre of metal that developed kind of in the early 80s as a melding of the new wave of British heavy metal sound, like bands okay. like Iron Maiden, and then hardcore punk. Okay. Um, so like bands like Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, those they're considered like the premier thrash bands. Okay. Um, and then thrash kind of splintered into different subgenres. So then you get death metal. Uh, rose kind of in the mid to late 80s and then kind of as a reaction against death metal selling out you had all these crazy norwegians started the black metal um and they're the ones who i'm gonna i think i should do an episode on black metal because they're the ones who are like burning churches and murdering each other for a while uh Um, okay yeah they they were like they took it real seriously well the band bathory is kind of considered like the the bridge between thrash and black metal and of course they're named after elizabeth bathory okay so that's kind of like the myth the mythology around uh elizabeth bathory so here's the true story so countess elizabeth bathory de exed uh she was born in either 1560 or 1561 in her family's ancestral castle in the kingdom of hungary so in your story you were kind of talking about like hungary versus uh, austria Austria, the austrian Mm -hmm. empire and then later became the austro-hungarian empire Mm -hmm. at the time there was the austrian empire then you had the kingdom of hungary which from what i can tell was like it was a separate kingdom but was like a vassal kingdom to austria 
Mm-hmm. So the kingdom of Hungary was actually ruled by the Habsburg monarchs of Austria, but Hungary was super fucked up at the time because you also had the Ottomans invading from the South, the Ottoman Turks. So, uh, and this basically fucked up all of Romania, which was just like the battleground between either the Hungarians or the Ottomans. So the kingdom of Hungary at the time actually is not like geographically the same as the country of Hungary is now. It was actually much more like up to the North and West, I think. Okay. And, the Bathory family was one of the major prominent noble families of the time. Uh, they had existed since the 13th century. And then the Exed, which was the village where they lived, the Exed branch was a cadet branch, which means they were like a younger branch of the family. Okay. Uh, but they r- rose to prominence in the 1400s when Stephen III Bathory was named the Palatine of Hungary. Um, and I was trying to figure out what the Palatine of Hungary is. And without going too, like, deep into, like, medieval European politics. Oy, the, okay. The best um, analogy I can kind of think of would be, like, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, okay. it'd be, like, the Hand of the King. So, basically. Okay. The, the Palatine of Hungary is, like, the representative of the monarch. Um, okay. So, the fact that, you know, this Bathory family... Stephen III became the Palatine of Hungary meant that this branch of the Bathroom family became extremely powerful within the kingdom. Okay. So Elizabeth's father was Baron George VI Bathory. His brother was the current Voivode of Transylvania. Um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> which is basically, I think, like the governor of Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Which is basically the comptroller of... <laughs> Yeah, it's like the city manager of Transylvania. It's like such a cool title, but the actual responsibility was a letdown. Yeah. (laughs) So Transylvania at the time was, you know, Transylvania today is part of Hungary, or of Romania, sorry. But at the time, it was this kind of battleground between the Hungarians and the Ottomans. Um, And this, of course, is like part of the whole Vlad Dracula story, because Vlad Dracula was the Wallachian prince of Transylvania who is trying to fight them both off basically. And that's how he became Vlad the Impaler. Uh, But that that was like a hundred some years before, like they've been fighting over this ground for, for a long time. And then her mother, uh, Baroness Annabathory was the daughter of the main branch of the family. So again, we're looking at some intro family uh, marriage here, sort of like in your story. Gross. All these, and also, you know, the Habsburgs were the Kings of Austria at the time. The Habsburgs, is it the Habsburgs that like there was the one prince or monarch or something that was like, so, like the, the portraits of him yeah. are so deformed? Like, well, because that's yeah. where the term Habsburg jaw comes from, which is yeah. the, the severe like underbite. And they think yeah. this is all because of um, inbreeding. Inbreeding. And um, I, I feel like there were things too that like, like, like he drooled and yeah. like Homeboy was not. Not uh, doing I think well. most of the Habsburgs were not doing well oh, at a certain God. point. Good grief. Uh, so Elizabeth, she was, uh, through her, mo- her mother's side of the family, she was also the niece of the King of Poland. So she, and he, and he was like the viceroy uh, or something of Lithuania as well. So like, she's like way good up grief. in the 
European yeah. aristocracy. But she suffered from a seizure disorder as a child. And and a lot of the places I've were reading up on it described it as epilepsy. But then I've read some places saying like they don't know what the seizure disorder was, mm. but she had seizures. Well, the treatment for the seizure disorder, which they called the falling sickness, mm-hmm. um, was at the time was to rub the blood of a non-afflicted person on the lips of the patient. Oh, my God. And then another uh, treatment was to either rub the blood or make them drink the blood, and then they hold part of the skull of somebody. Okay, guys. (laughs) Yeah, quackery. Lots of quackery. (laughs) None of that is going to work. And then you you go outside and you look at the moon and you do a dance. This is when they were like... Cured of your ailments you know, leeching people because of the bad vapors in their blood. I mean, yeah. So I, getting a medical medical degree back then couldn't have been very hard. <laughs> right then the ghost of fucking... <laughs> yeah. So anyway, some historians believe, but this is like kind of pop psychology, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yeah. Uh, some historians think that her later murders may have been committed not out of sadism or vanity but rather an attempt to cure herself of the epilepsy because you're drinking the blood whatever oh that's sad so basically Mm -hmm. all of this is the fault of those quacky doctors Uh, yeah possibly yeah um (laughs) probably (laughs) but interesting this is gonna be important here in a little bit her family were calvinist protestants so they were even though they were super powerful they were kind of at odds with the political (laughs) powers of austria and hungary of the Mm -hmm. time because at the time catholicism and uh lutheranism were very prominent and i think uh orthodox like eastern orthodox so they were considered sort of like uh freaky religious zealots there was also a rumor she was betrothed as a uh, as a preteen to a ferenc nadazdi um and then married when she was 15 but the there are rumors that she also got knocked up by like a peasant boy when she was 13 and that they took the baby and like gave her to a local woman and like go away go away but these stories like a lot of the elizabeth bastery stories are like started popping up a hundred years later so like mm. nobody nobody really knows mm-hmm. so she was betrothed to this uh, when she was 10 to this Frank nadazdi who is the son of another powerful but less powerful the baron um, and since her family had more power and social standing than his, Elizabeth refused to change her name and instead insisted that he take her name. Which Whoa! is like a pretty baller move for the day. Yeah, power <laughs> move. That's a, that's a major mm-hmm. flex. Well, and there's going to be more of that. Which Ooh. sort of leads into uh, maybe what happened to her. So Frank, uh, her husband was then named like the supreme commander of the Hungarian army because they were still warring with the Romanians, tearing across Romania, or the Romanians, the Ottomans, tearing across mm-hmm. Romania. It, it, this was called the 13-year war or the long war, quote unquote. And while he was off fighting, she was put in charge of the castle's finances and also its defense. So she became a very like independent woman in a lot of ways. Yeah, I feel like this is all stuff that's like not normally because what like when is this happening this is uh the end of the 1500s i'm not sure when this was okay this is probably like 1580s 1590s um okay i mean she was born in 1560 so she was married in 1575 okay so you know maybe 1580 something so anyway yeah so elizabeth bathory is possibly the most powerful woman in yeah 
the kingdom of Hungary and what would become the Austro-Hungarian Empire at the time, wow. which I think put a pin in that because I think okay. that becomes important. Okay. Um, from everything I've been able to tell, she and Frank had like a decent marriage. Uh, it was a political marriage. Right. Um, but it doesn't sound like there was any drama like you were saying with Empress Sisi. I think they were yeah. just sort of like doing their thing. He'd go off to war, come back put a baby in her, go off to war, come back. Gross, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but meanwhile, you know, while she's raising six kids, well, they think five or six, it's not clear. Right. She's also like amassing a vast fortune. She's Whoa. in control of the defense of this castle. She's married to Ferenc for 29 years. He dies of a mysterious illness, probably just like undiagnosed illness. In 1604, and my guess is he probably had cancer because that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, well, it sounds like he had been sick for a few years and just kind of progressively deteriorated. Yeah, so it could have been cancer or something degenerative. But he died in uh, 1604, which is around when the rumors start about her. Uh, But before he died, he asked the current Palatine of Hungary, a guy named Georgi Thurzo, who was Elizabeth's cousin to basically look after his widow and take care of his fortune. Thurzo would later lead the investigation into her. Um, And it's not clear to me if Thurzo had an agenda or not, but he he did lead the investigation into her. And who was he? He was the Palatine of Hungary at the time. Oh, so he's okay, like the okay. hand of the king mm-hmm. of Hungary at the time. He was, and he was her cousin. I think, I think from the main branch of the family, but I'm not sure. Okay, so the rumors started around 1602. Okay. Uh, just among the peasantry. The rumors were circulating that uh, she was up to some shit. Uh, <laughs> specifically uh, up to murdering uh, children. And then the rumors began to spread throughout the kingdom. And then a Lutheran priest, again, the Lutherans don't like her very uh, much, okay. um, named Istvan Magyari. He went to the court of Vienna where King Matthias II, uh, who was the, essentially the Austrian king, who I believe was also considered the king of Hungary at the time. Mm-hmm. He made a, he, uh, this uh, Istvan Magyari went to the court and made a complaint against her at the court of Vienna. And nobody gave a shit because... <laughs> All of the they rumors were, like, were Bye. yeah. I mean, basically, well, because the rumors were she's killing peasant kids, and so the king was like, "Well, it's, it's peasant." Honestly, okay. like Honestly, we don't really care. We got too many uh, of them. All right, again, what else is new? Yeah, exactly. So no one gave a shit. Um, but then the rumors expanded in 1609 that she was also had murdered the daughters of the lesser gentry, and gentry basically means like people of high social standing but we're not no nobles so you can sort of think of them as like the upper middle class Mm. um and then even there were some rumors that she had killed daughters of some noble families so oh this got the attention of a lot of people okay Uh, now they care she's killing the people that quote matter right um, they start looking into her in 1610 uh king matthias assigned thurzo uh, who was, again, the Palatine of Hungary and her cousin, mm-hmm. to uh, start looking into the ac- accusations. And he sent two of his assistants to start collecting witness statements. Uh, ultimately got testimony from more than 300 witnesses. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. So here's some of what she's accused of. And I edited it uh, because it's awful. Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
But I want, okay, but tell me later. Like, okay. okay. Yeah, I'm just leaving some of the goriest, worst parts off. <laughs> okay. Um, so she was accused of targeting girls uh, between the ages of 10 and 14 years old. Okay. At first, she supposedly was luring them into her castle. Um, okay. Or her mini castles, actually. She had several residences. I thought uh, you said mini castle. That's <laughs> 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 oh, so stupid. Okay. <laughs> so she started off luring, supposedly luring these girls with promises of employment, like as maids or as servant girls. Mm-hmm. But then over time, the story was she would just send, she had four servants that, uh, supposedly were hench like henchmen of hers and okay. she would just send them out into the countryside to just go and abduct girls and i think the stories of her killing the gentry and the noble girls mm-hmm. come from just supposedly these henchmen going out and grabbing them up because oh. obviously if elizabeth's like luring some noble woman or noble man's daughter and then all of a sudden the daughter is killed, like that's right. going to catch attention but if she just sends people out in the dead of night to snatch her right so this is there is the any story. Is there any possibility that these henchmen were like, look, I don't want to fucking go all the way into town. So like, let's just pop on over. Pop on next door and grab them. Yeah. And that, pick that up, makes sense. Pick up that mouthy bitch and let's <laughs> bring her back to, bring her back, bring her back to, to Betsy. Bring her back to Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is where it gets pretty awful. So uh, okay. she didn't just kill these girls, supposedly. Okay. The torture included severe beatings burning including like burning with a hot poker or hot tongs cutting off people's ears oh mutilation of the genitals specifically i read with scissors Ew. Um, yeah Uh, chopping off hands and feet and then also just throwing the girls into a pit in like the basement or dungeon of the castle and letting them starve to death she's also accused of having them covered in honey and then eaten alive by live ants Ooh. So, like, like I said, Elizabeth's up to some shit. Yeah. Can um, I just, I just, yeah. let me just clarify for any listeners out here that I am saying things like "ooh" and that this is not that I'm like yucky, but rather that's the only sound my brain can make at this. Yeah. These horrifying details because it's terrible. Because it's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. So as the stories sort of spread they become more and more sensational and then get mm-hmm. even more sensational 100 years later when people start writing the shit down Ooh. so this is where you start getting the stories that she had vampiric tendency specifically at the time she was accused of um drinking the blood of virgins um i don't think the stories of her bathing in their blood came until that that weird lutheran dude wrote the book in 1729 mm-hmm. okay um she was also accused of witchcraft She's accused of cannibalism. And then there were stories that she had been witnessed having sex with the devil. Um, But a lot of, but like, I couldn't figure out like who supposedly said she was having sex with the devil. So I think this is probably shit that was also like a hundred years later. People were like, she's also fucking the devil. Also, honestly, guys, she is slutty for Satan. She's slutty for Satan. (laughs) And I mean, I am going to get that on a t shirt tomorrow. I am slutty for saying <laughs> You can find that in our merch store. Um. <laughs> this might end up having to be our catchphrase for the podcast. Slutty for saying <laughs> But like I said, most of these stories came after her death. So a lot of it's just been wildly embellished. So she and her servants were ultimately arrested by Thurzo when he arrived at her castle of Sajete. 
suggest I can't say it. C S E J T E. So Castle of some Hungarian word. Um <laughs> that is now in present day Slovakia. Um Okay. So he arrived unannounced. There had already been all this investigation into her, all these witness statements. So he was just like, I'm just going to pop on over there and see what's up. And the story was, well, he apparently claimed to his wife in a letter that he found a dead girl there in the castle and that another girl was being held captive. The legend became that he actually caught her in the, uh, caught Elizabeth in the midst of torturing the girl who was still alive. Okay. But this wasn't true. In fact, she was just sitting down to dinner and then Thurzo comes in and is like, what's going on here? Sorry. I thought you meant the girl was sitting down. (laughs) No. No. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Have a seat. Pull up a (laughs) stein of ale. Yeah. Okay. So Elizabeth and her servants were taken in. They weren't put under arrest. The servants were put on trial in 19, or 1611. Okay. And three of them were executed as accomplices. Elizabeth oh, herself things. was charged with 82 murders, but because of all these witness statements, she was actually suspected of committing up to 650. But she, okay. was, never, she was never tried. Okay. Because this king, Matthias II, he wanted her to be tried. The okay. king really wanted to put her on trial. But Thurzo, who was a member of the Bathory family, remember he was her cousin, right, intervened right, right. and just told the king, why don't you just like take her to that castle of a Hungarian word, <laughs> brick her up on the top floor. So that's what happened. They just took her to the castle and they walled her up into the top floor of the castle. They, they like, I mean, they're able to feed her and stuff because she lived for another right. three years. She finally uh, told her bodyguard one day that she wasn't feeling well. The bodyguard said, well, why don't you just go lay down? She went and laid down and she died. I think she was like 54. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the help, bodyguard. She's like, I'm yeah. not feeling well. And he's like, Psh, go take a nap. Yeah. Was, like, stop being such a hysterical woman and just go <laughs> lay down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the castle had been one of her many residences. It was, uh, it was actually her favorite residence, but then it became her prison. Now, this was done. Thurzo intervened because he did not want to sully the Bathory name, which, you know, good, good job with that, being that all these death metal bands are called Bathory now. But Yeah. Um, so, I, okay. I have to confess that there's definitely a part of me that's like, I know this is all going to come down to the patriarchy. Oh, yeah. I know this is all going to come down to that she was like this smart woman. Blah, blah. <laughs> so there's totally a bit of me that's like, Every dude in the story can eat a dick. Oh, yeah. But I also don't know if she was actually killing young girls in that case. She can also eat mm-hmm. a dick. Yeah. But I guess there's a question mark at the end of it. There's, there's, well, we're going to get to the question marks here in a okay. second. Okay, great, great, great. Because there are many. Um, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, so Thurzo was mainly, I think, worried about protecting the Bathory name. So he did not want Elizabeth to go on trial. The king really did want her to go on trial. Mm-hmm. And I'll get to that in a second. Um, so she was kept cast, uh, captive and, and for three years, died in 1614. And then they tried to bury her in the local churchyard. And the peasants were like, fuck that. Get her out of the churchyard. So they ended up returning her to the family crypt at Exed Castle. Okay. Her body is now missing. <gasps> yeah. I fucking love missing body <laughs> stories. Yeah. Ugh, okay. Yeah. No one knows what happened to her body. She was so supposed- still... To now, to this day, her body's never been found. It was supposed to have been put in the crypt. Who knows what happened to it? 
Ugh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's, let me put, throw some wrinkles into the story. Okay. Here's maybe what really happened. It is possible, uh, and many historians, contemporary historians, or like today historians have said this, that it's possible, if not probable, that she was actually just the victim of a political conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, the Bathories, particularly her branch of the family, were actually wealthier than King Matthias at the time. Right. They had, and they had a ton of power in the kingdom of Hungary. And so her husband actually loaned, before he died, he had loaned the king great sums of money because uh, the kingdom was cash-strapped because of the long war, you know, the war against the Ottomans. Mm-hmm. And then the husband died and he didn't really want to pay the debt. So Elizabeth supposedly was actually preparing to sue the king, which would have brought it out into open court. Uh-huh. One way to stop this would be to discredit her from right. being able to defend herself. So... I don't owe her any money because she's a Satan fucking cannibal murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Look, and everybody knows that all bets are off. All, all debts forgiven. Everything becomes null and void. Yeah. Once you fuck Satan. Right. If you're slutty for Satan. If you're slutty for Satan. Yeah. uh, No money comes your way. Yeah. Her her land holdings also were considered of strategic geographic importance, probably for this long war against the Ottomans. Mm -hmm. And so the crown really wanted them. King Matthias really wanted them. She was also pissing the king off because she was supporting her nephew, Gabor Bathory, who was at the time the ruler of Transylvania. Transylvania was basically like a principality within the kingdom of Hungary. Mm -hmm. Her nephew was the ruler at the time of Transylvania. She was supporting him, and he was a rival to the kingdom of Hungary, uh, the king specifically. Right. Also, many of the witness statements are confused and contradictory. Like, they're, they're saying shit that just doesn't make sense. Frankly. Right. And the vast majority of the 300 supposed claims against her were actually by people who were saying, like, my friend told me this happened. Like, there was very few first-person accounts of course of course of any witness it was all just like i heard that she was having sex with the devil and drinking the blood of virgins so put that on the court record and the guy and they were like they were like cool (laughs) sounds Um, like a fact there's also theories that a lot of these witness statements were actually coerced and were made Mm. under duress either through torture or through threats so it is possible that it's all was just ginned up to bring her down, which I tend to believe. And then, of course, the patriarchy. It was highly irregular for a woman like her to have as much wealth and power as she did. She was not married when all this went down because her husband had died. Right. Um, And so this probably made the men's a little bit uncomfortable. So I will say, so that's basically the story of Elizabeth Bathory. I will say I, like the horror guy in me, like wants her to have been like drinking the blood of virgins and doing all right. sorts of crazy shit because right, like, right, right. fucking metal. Right. But like, <laughs> um, but like in truth, I actually think the more I read up on it, I think it's all bullshit. I, I think, I think like the one thing that makes me wonder if there was some truth to the story is that mm-hmm. the rumor started with the peasants, but this right. could also be as simple as like, she might've been mean to the peasants. Like her to her servants, and then you know, just game a telephone, 
Right. It's like she yelled at my daughter, and then the next time the story is told, she hit my daughter, and then the next time the story is told, she bathed in my daughter's blood. Right. I mean, and also, like, I mean, you know, to be to be somewhat f- fair, <laughs> heavy quotations around fair, but I mean, it's possible that the doctors were like, "Hey, dude, the only thing that's going to keep you from having these these episodes is." blood and so she was like can you send somebody go get me some fucking peasants that is awful and and Mm -hmm. i i do not condone that but it's possible (laughs) let me yeah let me (laughs) don't drain the blood of peasants to cure your apple let me come out and say unequivocally that i am (laughs) anti drinking the blood of peasants or anyone really but um but it's i mean like i could also see it happening that she was like okay i mean i guess let's try that like go grab me a peasant and then they did it and she was like this doesn't fucking work and they were like too late you're a vampire satan mistress and then yeah like maybe she (laughs) again like here we are defending her maybe she only did it once look guys here's the deal if you only drink the blood of a peasant once it's you get it's like Get out of jail free card. Yeah, it's a right. Gray moral moral gray area. Moral ambiguities. <laughs> so, <laughs> cut a bitch some slack. Yeah, I mean, I do think if there's any truth to it, I, I was wondering about this today, and I didn't read anything saying this is just me talking out of my asshole. But mm. like, I think you may be onto something. That it's like you know maybe she went and like like bled her servant girls. Like maybe didn't even kill them, but was like, I need some of your blood, so why don't we cut that arm open so I can have right. some of that blood? And then the servant girl goes home and is like, guess what this crazy bitch did to me right. work today? Or that they were like, hey, give me some of your blood, sliced her arm open, did it wrong, and then servant girl dies, and they're like, and then we're off sorry. to the races. And yeah. we're off to the races. Soup sorry, totes sorry. Um, about Look, your my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> um, yeah, cut a little too deep. Mm-hmm. Real sorry. Here's a goat. But I think when you once you <laughs> here's a goat <laughs> um, as an apology. But I think when you get into like the political situation and the fact that the Lutherans were not a fan, I just think and and the fact that most of the worst stories about her are like long after her death yeah it's like this seems to me like it was some ginned up nonsense this also happened and i don't have the information in front of me to a french nobleman named gaius gaius de race um, okay who was uh a general for um what's her name uh joan of arc um oh, it was a major french oh. nobleman and then was accused of being a werewolf and murdering like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young boys and uh the general theory is that he was also uh, a victim of a political conspiracy essentially to bring him down because he was also a powerful wealthy nobleman right so you know well and that's basically what happened to Anne Boleyn right is that like she was trying and trying and trying to get I mean you know she was not innocent in this whole thing but she was trying and trying and trying to get pregnant and the people were like all "Mm, BT dubs I was just doing my nightly rounds of peeping and happened to see her and her brother and getting it on with Satan yeah uh so she should probably die yeah i mean it <laughs> seemed like that's my super researched <laughs> yeah i mean this seems like how you got political power at the time is just like i totally saw him having sex with the devil right well, i totally saw her having like it's just like a matter of time before trump tries this in the debate on tuesday like <laughs> <laughs> just, just, hmm, just a lot of closed mouth screaming, screaming. Uh, at this point. <laughs> yeah. God bless. Um, but yeah, so that is the story of Elizabeth Bathory. Well done. Yeah. 
Same, nice. same to you. Yeah. Cool. Well, you guys have been listening to The Weirdest Thing. This is episode two, and we'll be back in a week with more crazy stories. Yay. Bye. Bye. So listen, friends, we'll blow your mind with the finest nonsense we could find. Might be true, and that's the weirdest thing.